the hard part is I feel like we sacrifice a lot of the same things, like our family, our friends, um, our home life. We're just so in this, you feel like you're in a whole different world when you're in Europe and you see all your friends and family, like their life just keeps going and you miss out on so much, but they get the spotlight. So it makes it, you know, they get like the recognition, the pat on the back, the, you know, social media highlights, everyone love you know they're the celebrities kind of like wherever you're living that's people love them and I'm telling them it's like it's hard because no one really cares about us kind of you know like when families ask you about like where you're living it's always like how is Josh liking Finland like how is it going for him like when will Josh be how's this it's like yeah I don't want to talk about that always yeah yeah so you really get pushed to the back burner no one really cares if you like Finland on I mean your family but you know what I mean like you're listening to Breaking the Ice podcast a podcast I created for wives and girlfriends of pro hockey players my name's Devin Dodero I'm the wife of Charlie Dodero we have two dogs a little boy Crosby and a baby girl on the way We spent eight months of the year living the hockey life in Europe, but we've also spent about five seasons in North America. I've been around the block, sometimes just for a cup of coffee, but I wanted to share the tools, resources, and what's helped me along the way, while also learning every week from each and every one of you. In this podcast, we share tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things women, all things hockey, friendships, trades, long distance, moves, and life in general, so you don't feel so alone. So put your headphones in, go for a walk, and feel like you're sitting down with your best girlfriends. Oh, and make sure to follow the page on Instagram, Breaking the Ice Pod. Let's lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope for those whose seasons are kind of hitting that ending point in the year that you're surviving and hanging in there. I know it's a very hectic, not so fun time of the year when you don't know how far you're going to go in playoffs. You know, you are wondering if you should start packing, if you should start cleaning, whatever appointments you need to do or just kind of dreading that flight home. That is the stage I'm at currently because I know even if we go all the way to game seven of the final round, the last game will be April 16th, which is less than a month from now, which I'm so excited to go back home. However, that grind is real. (laughs) I literally just did a reel about this last night because I feel like this time of the year does not bring out the best in me and my husband. Not necessarily the playoffs, but like as soon as the season ends and you're just packing and it's just nonstop stuff for like a week straight until you finally get on that flight. And of course, as we all know, that's just an absolute shit show every single time. However, I do find that flying home for me is less of a hardship mentally like it's still just as much work however I'm like usually so excited to go home that I can like power through and that's like the end point for me so I am just really excited to to be there I I think I mentioned this in an episode last week I believe but I'm going to ask my parents to come out and just get us some groceries and you know set some things up at our house so that we're not coming back in total chaos and we have no food 
which in the past that's never been an issue flying home because I haven't necessarily like needed tons and tons of food and you know there's ordering services and stuff like that but I know I'm gonna need to take a load off get some help with the kids and I would prefer not to just grind just the two of us after just the drain of the move the flight everything in between so with that being said I hope you guys are again just hanging in with that end of the season grind Today on the episode, I have my friend Maggie on the podcast. Maggie and I met in Nashville. She also came to my retreat, so it was a nice familiar face for this call. We really talked a lot about the mental toll of hockey, and not in a complaining way, but in a way that I feel like you guys will very much relate to. We really just had a very honest and transparent conversation about the hardships of this lifestyle. It was a pretty free-flowing conversation and we just kind of talked about how this is just our reality and, you know, it can be hard because a lot of the times I feel like you can somewhat lose your identity in this lifestyle. We chat about common misconceptions that people ask about hockey. Of course, some of them are absolutely hilarious. We chat about friendships in this lifestyle And we also talked about the season where Maggie's husband signed in Russia. And when the war started happening, they actually told her that she couldn't leave the country. And she also shares some honestly mind-blowing stories about their experience in Russia where I I just couldn't even... I was speechless. I, I didn't even know what to say. It just didn't even feel real. So... This is a wonderful episode. Maggie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just being open about the hard stuff. I appreciate that because we don't always have to like sugarcoat the stuff that's happening and really just getting into like some of the aspects that are more difficult for us girls. Welcome to Breaking the Ice. I am happy you are here. Familiar face. This will be a yeah. fun chat with you today. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> so, gosh, where do we even begin? How are you? What are you doing? Where are you at? I'm good. Um, so we are in Finland this season. I'm actually back home in Nashville right now, but um, we've been in Finland the whole year and it's been really nice we were there two years ago and that was 2020 and COVID and all those crazy things so we didn't really get to fully experience the country itself I felt like so this has been a breath of fresh air as far as living in Finland and getting to go out and go to restaurants and do all the travel and all that so where in Finland are you so we are playing in Rauma, which is um, just a small little city. It's about three hours from their capital in Helsinki. So we were in Turku the first season, which is used to be their old capital. So that was a big city. And so it's kind of polar opposite from what we experienced the first year. Um, but I'm from a small town. So I'm like, I love this. I love the small town. Parking's easy. Like yeah. I know where everything is. That's like the, the anxiety in me. That's what I love about it. But um, Turku was a lot of fun too. Just you had so much, you had a lot more to do there. So 
there's kind of pros and cons to each, I think, but um, the fan base in Rama is amazing and the arena is always packed with people and stuff. So I think that's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we've all been experiencing with COVID not having fans and yeah, minimal fans. So it's been a big change this year, which has been really nice. Um, Where are you from again in the South? I'm from Alabama. I'm okay. from um, Gunnersville, Alabama, which is a tiny little town on a lake. So <laughs> I didn't, when I heard your accent for the first time, I was like, oh <laughs> my gosh, I think I was watching like, so for those listening, Maggie was in Nashville for the retreat. So we met in person, but I never heard your voice until I watched your wedding video for the first time. I was like, oh, I didn't know you had a Southern <laughs> accent. Like I'm obsessed with Southern accents. I think they are so freaking, oh I wish I had one actually. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Cause that's what a lot of people in hockey world, cause there's not many Southern people in this you know, lifestyle. So they're like, I didn't know you had a Southern accent. And even people in Europe, they're like, we've never heard someone who speaks Southern, but we understand now like what we learn in school and everything. So yeah, I'm, I stick out like a sore thumb for sure. Everywhere I go. (laughs) Have you ever asked a European to speak in a Southern accent? I asked my friends here the other day and it was so funny. Oh yeah. And they're like, I say like, bless your heart, you know, and that's like the stereotypical Southern girl thing to say. And they're like, that's, if I ask them to speak Southern, they're like, bless your heart. That's what we all think of or you know, and I'm so an Alabama the, fan, so the Roll Tide that everybody loves hearing yep. the Roll Tide and all yes. that. So. <laughs> so then you guys decided to make Nashville your your home in the off season. Yeah. And um, your husband is from where? He's from Huntsville, Alabama. So that's like oh. 30 minutes from where I'm from. And my older brother played hockey with him is actually how we met each other. So where I live, there's no after school activities really. So you had to drive to where my husband Josh lived to do anything. Um, so we spent majority of our time in Huntsville. So we kind of grew up together, me and Josh. So that's kind of oh my God. And how we met. <laughs> so does he have a southern accent too? No. Really? It's, it's the weirdest thing, but his um his family's from Michigan. So we're like maybe like his dad doesn't have an accent, his mom's from California. Um, and he left when he was 17 for junior hockey. So I feel like maybe he just got out of it soon so, enough. <laughs> so how did they wind up in Alabama? Um, for his dad's job, actually. Okay. He moved, yeah. And his dad is a huge hockey fan. So they always say, like, they base their home and everything off the closest rink they could find to his job. Yeah. He has four sons, and he knew they were all going to play hockey. So he's like, I had to find somewhere to live that had an ice rink nearby. And yeah so wow okay so why did you decide to stay back this season and just go visit um well I've actually I've been there most of the year um in Finland but I am working with a travel agency at a school for a school nurse position so they were like as long as you can work like the beginning of school year and then come back and finish out the remainder of the school year that's great so um, I went to Finland in September and then I just came back, um, last week, two weeks ago. So I'm finishing out the school year. So this has actually been the longest I've stayed in Europe, um, with Josh, because I've been an ER nurse in the past. And so I've really had to divide my time up, like coming back and working, going, you know, so 
I don't know. It's been nice. It's been nice to stay um, in Finland a lot of time. As you know, it's hard. I hate the travel, traveling back and forth and yeah, everything like that. So um, yeah, so I'm here to finish out the school year. So I'll stay here until playoffs are over. Playoffs are about to start for him and we'll see how far they make it. So, <laughs> so what do you do with your dog? Does she go with you or no? No. And it's, she's so high anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> she heard she heard dogs <laughs> she heard um and she doesn't like her anxiety talked about but she's like she, don't talk about me <laughs> yeah um she is just a nervous wreck and like even our vet won't clear they're like we think she'll like have a heart attack if she goes on a plane so I don't know I really want to bring her it's hard but it's been easier in the past because I have traveled back and forth so much like and my mom watches her and she has the same type of dog so their best friends so that's been nice to have her watch it but um yeah we'll see as she's gotten older her anxiety has kind of gone down a little bit so like maybe we can do some training and see if we can bring her next season but yeah no she's a huge dog and it's like I just don't good putting her under the plane and everything and you know yeah. no I totally get that so. I know it's if my dogs did not fly like in the plane with us I would be I know people do it all the time and it's totally fine, but it's like my dog also kind of both of them have bad anxiety and I'm always so scared to put them under. <laughs> have you heard of dogs getting legit lost under yes. the plane? I'm like, how does that, ha- like, how does that happen? One of the um, girls on our team this year, she said that she put an air tag on their dog's crate and they were on the plane and like the dog's crate was not on the plane. So she was like, I will get off the plane if my dog is not in there. Like, had to hold everything and like find the dog and put it on the plane and I'm like a dog can't tell you who its mom is you know like so what if they lose her or her flight had been delayed like 12 hours so this poor dog had been in its crate for like I think it was like 30 hours or something crazy by the time they finally made it and I just don't think my dog would survive it honestly and I feel like I'm doing her a disservice to try to make her go through it you know I'm not trying to laugh just the way that you're saying Charlie and I have had this conversation. I'm like, he would, he's like, I would throw down if someone lost my dog, like on the yeah. airplane, like that's ridiculous. Like there's no way that that should happen ever. That's, yeah. that's a live animal. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just, you know, they say they take them out and stuff like between flights, but she's so nervous. I'm like, I don't know that she would even come out of her crate unless it was someone she knew. And so all of the logistics of that, I'm like, I just, I don't know how she would do. So I've been too scared to try, honestly. (laughs) So going back to your job. So how have you guys made that work in the past? So do you have, do you not work? And then you decided that you want to work or like, how, how has that been going down? So he played in the coast for two years um, before we went to Europe. And that was a lot easier because I would just move my job based off where we were living. So when we were doing that, I worked full time. But then when he went to Finland the first year, um, that was the first time I really tried to divide being with him and working. So even then, I really spent still the majority of my time in Finland with him. But I would stay back a few months, like through training camp, maybe a month or two into the season, then I would come. And then I would usually go home at Christmas, work a few months, and then go back and then try to finish out the year with him. Um, But it's hard, you know, it's like, the travel and then as soon as you get settled like being away from each other you have to pick up and move from that life so we're just like it's honestly not worth 
the little bit of money I'm making, you know, nurses are so just underpaid to begin with. It's like, we're spending more on traveling and the hassle of like bringing me back and forth. So thankfully the school nurse job, it was just like a few months here and there. And so I made it work because normally um, I go once the season starts, that's kind of been my routine. So that allowed me to work a few months and then I'm going to finish out this year, but yeah, I've really kind of put my, that's kind of what I was telling you. It's like, I've almost put my career on hold because there's not a lot of growth for you when you're just working like a few months here and there as a nurse. And I'd plan to go back to school and do different things, but that, as you know, it's just, it's not logical really with our lifestyle. So um, next year, I don't, I don't know what I'll do as far as working and all of that, but yeah. once you bring kids into it and stuff, it's like, how are you going to right you know what I mean it's like if I'm home no one's there to watch my child and vice versa he has the child so it's like if at some point we'll have to like I'll probably have to just give it up entirely which is fine but you know that's our lifestyle it's either you give up time with your spouse and have a job and have a career or you at some point have to give it up which yeah is, you know, I feel like watching you talk about that, I can feel that that's like really hard for you. Is that, does that make you feel like some type of way? Yeah. Um, the ER was hard and it was stressful, but that I told Josh, it was like kind of my identity in a sense. Like I've, as I, you know, we always talk about like after Christmas, the stress of this life gets the worst. Cause you're kind of like over it. You're like, I need a break from and I like when I have these breakdowns with Josh, I'm like, I feel like I have no identity when I'm just sitting in Europe in a shoebox apartment, living the same routine day in and day out, which I'm sure you can relate to. It's like the the most exciting thing I'm doing is like going to the grocery store or going to a hockey game. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I just feel like I worked hard to get through nursing school and, you know, I had a very high stress job and I, I loved that job, but, um, yeah, I've kind of had to give it up, which I would do a million times over. It's just hard to go from feeling like you being in the ER, you feel like you really make a difference to where you're living in Europe and you feel like you're kind of not making a difference. You know what I mean? Like I'm just there. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, that's been the hard, that's been hard for me for sure. Um, but it's just, that's life, you know, living a lifestyle. So it's really tough. I feel like that keeps actually coming up in recordings that I'm doing like recently as people are talking about identity. And I think it's hard to like separate yourself when you are following your spouse from like being kind of like in their shadow a little bit. And it's funny too, because even like having these conversations and like you sharing that and a couple other people sharing that recently, like Charlie and I just had a converse, whole conversation about this. And I'm like, I feel like I kind of live in your shadow sometimes. Like I've been following you around for like 10 years and then in the summer he does real estate. So then I'm kind of like letting him do that in the summertime. And I'm like, yeah. I have my own thing too. Like when I'm sitting over here, it's like, yeah, I have kids and they keep me busy. But I also feel that like day-to-day -day grind where it's like, sometimes feels like even a struggle to get out like to the grocery store. And like, yeah. that's like, the exciting part of the day. And I'm like, gosh, like just how sad is that? That that's like the exciting part of our day is that we're going right. to the store. And it's like, it's not like I'm enjoying it. Like I'm grabbing what I'm needing and trying to get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I was just saying, like me and Josh, I tell him like, it's 
the hard part is I feel like we sacrifice a lot of the same things, like our family, our friends, um, our home life, you know, we're just so in this, you feel like you're in a whole different world when you're in Europe and you see all your friends and family, like their life just keeps going and you miss out on so much, but they get the spotlight. So it makes it, you know, they get like the recognition, the pat on the back, the, you know, social media highlights, everyone love, you know, they're the celebrities kind of like wherever you're living, that's people love them. And I'm telling them, it's like, it's hard because no one really cares about us kind of, you know, like when families ask you about like where you're living, it's always like, how is Josh liking Finland? Like, how is it going for him? Like, when will Josh be? How's this? It's like, yeah. I don't want to talk about that always. Yeah. Yeah. So you really get pushed to the back burner. No one really cares if you like Finland on, I mean, your family, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's also like, do you want like my like generic answer or do you want to know like the nitty gritty, like, Stuff yes yes and I tell them like I come home to Nashville and like our random neighbors we see you know they're like when's Josh coming back and I'm like people don't even worry they're, they're like, like I'm right here they yeah <laughs> yeah so you know our husbands are the cool people they're the ones who like everybody wants to know about their life and everything which I understand because I'm like I go to the grocery store and read and go to hockey games so I can say right now my husband doesn't totally understand like because he's always lived this life like he's always been away from his family he's always been away from his friends he's always been skipping around with different friend groups like he played junior hockey and then he played for a different junior hockey and he didn't go to like a normal high school and he didn't go to college he went straight to pro and then you know how that goes they're bouncing around all the time so like he's used to that a lot of us come from these like you know, pretty standard, like, lives, and yeah. to me, like, it wasn't a boring life, like, I was, I was content, <laughs> I was not stressed out every day, you know what I mean, like, I felt, like, pretty, like, good, and then it's, like, you come into this life, and then it's, like, I'm away from my families, I'm away from my friends, and they're kind of, like, well, I am too, and it's, like, well, yes, but, like, you're used to it, <laughs> this is kind of, like, your thing, and I'm here supporting but it's hard when it's not your own thing that you're gone for, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. And that's my, my husband says the same thing. He's like, I'm used to it. Like I've been doing this since I was 17 and I don't know. I'm like very type A. I'm like, this lifestyle goes against everything that's like in my brain is normal. Like I want predictability and like everything planned out and a routine and like you don't really get any of that, you know, it's like you're maybe in a city for a couple of years at most and then you're going somewhere else and like you said it's hard to keep your friendships back home because there's the time change and then you get so close to the girls on a team maybe maybe not thankfully like I've had good luck with that but then it's hard to pick up and leave them and go somewhere else or they leave and you're just like in this constant like I don't know limbo almost Again, yeah yes yeah so as soon as you get settled somewhere, something is going to change. You're going to get traded. The season's going to end. Yeah. Your best friend's going to leave. <laughs> so I know. And I think like, even if like it would make an, a non-anxious person anxious of all this stuff that happens, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, even if you don't have anxiety and like, you're not really a stressed out person, like all of these things that come up can probably lead to that for a lot of people. 
How have your friendships back home been affected by everything? Um, well, the big thing I feel like is the time change. It's, you know, and when I'm awake, they're sleeping until like, and then when they wake up, they have to go to work. You know, the most of them are working. And so it's just really hard to like get true, good, long conversations in with your friends back home. And I've, me and Josh have talked about, it. it's hard, like people, your friends have babies or they have their wedding and you can't come home for it. So you feel like you miss a lot of your really good friends, big life, you know, <laughs> steps. And so I always tell them, I feel like the world just keeps going and you're missing out on a lot of it. And so when you come home between seasons, it's like, you're trying to play catch up. Like, what have you been doing the last seven months or eight months that I've been gone, you know, and you catch up. And as soon as you feel like you're back in the groove of like getting to see your friends and do all that, it's like, you're, you're moving again. So, and you live a life that's so different from your friends who aren't living like this. So it's really hard to, I don't know, like you don't have a common ground in that. Like they're doing something so different and you're doing something so different. And this lifestyle is so hard for people, I think, to understand when you're not living it. Cause I thought I was going to understand what it was going to be like. And it is so different than what I ever thought, you know? Yeah, I know. I totally can relate. And I read this thing that says that like, you're having a close group of girlfriends is like just as important as having a meaningful like romantic relationship in your life like it's so important to have like not necessarily like within the same friend group but like close girlfriends that you can like count on and talk to and I mean I can really appreciate like the friends in my life back home that have like stayed super like they don't have expectations of me and they like under even though they don't understand the lifestyle like they want to try to and like they still check in and I check in with them and it's like those mean so much to me but that's not to say like a lot of friendships have kind of fallen off the tracks because it's like it's such a unique lifestyle and this is our life right now like during this period of time so like we often feel like very connected to the people that are also living this lifestyle because it's really the only people that like truly understand it then when you go back home, then you kind of reconnect with those other friends back home. Yeah. And then it's like, you don't like, it's all, it's like always flip-flopping. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Like the girls I've had this year, like the girls who are finished, they're like been godsends for me, you know, like they're helping me read things and like go to the grocery store and help me find things. Or if I need to make an appointment, like they're like really your lifelines because it's like you and them and your husband. And that's really all you have that's tangible. And, you know, in your life, everything else is through FaceTime and like through odd hours and everything. So those friends that you make in your season are like, are crucial. And so that's why I see people post like on your Sunday check-ins, like they're having a hard time making friends and stuff. And I'm like that, that's very hard to not have that. Um, it's really hard and like it really does make such a difference like in the kind of season that you have and it makes me sad how many people feel this way like I've felt this way before it's too nor it's too it's happening too much yeah and it's almost like why why does so many people feel this way like why is this happening like on teams all over the world oh absolutely and it's like it's exactly like you're saying it's 
you almost have to lean into each other because that that's really all you have at the time. I mean, you might have your family come visit here and there, but your day-to-day life, I mean, if you don't have those, you're really just, you're alone or you're with your husband or your boyfriend. And that's it. Cause it's kind of hard to go out and make friends outside of hockey in another country where you don't speak the language. So mm-hmm. the, the girls that are brought in for the season, those are kind of like, that's your opportunity to have any sort of um, connection with people while yeah. you're over there. Um, but yeah. And having your good friends back home, that's, those girls get me through it, you yeah. know, like yeah, sometimes sure. calling your friends back home and having like a hour or two FaceTime, that's like the best therapy you can have when you're going through this, through, going through hard times at least. And even the good times, you know, they, they've seen you go through all the different countries and teams and everything. So they can appreciate it when you're having a good season or living yeah. somewhere you enjoy and stuff like that. So you know, I wish they would come visit me over here. I'm always like, you have a free place to stay. Like, why are you taking advantage of this? <laughs> I know. And they all, you know, they always say it like, I'm going to come visit you this year, but that <laughs> you don't really see a lot of people actually come visit you. So if I could tell you the amount of times I've had people say that to me. I'm like, anytime, like, please, like I would freaking love for yeah, you're like, please come. <laughs> yeah, please, I'll pay for it. Just kidding. Yes. But I'm like, come on, like, why not? You know, but I yeah. it's like a lot to fly, especially like if you have kids, it's like, okay, that those people are out. They're just gonna yes. say that just to say it. But yeah. <laughs> um no, I mean like even with your husband, it's like obviously we love them and we tell them everything, but it's like, but I also need friends. Like I can't like I can't just be like with my husband 24 seven, like I need to be able to go like socialize and like just have those like daily interactions. Cause another element when you are playing abroad is that like, you're not having those simple day-to-day interactions with people. Like you're out for a walk. Hey, how's it going? Like, that's so common in the U S when you're out for a walk, you're walking your dog, you're at the grocery store. Hey, how are you? Oh, excuse me. Like you're not having those minimal, even though they're so small, but like, you really start to know that that like affects you if you're like such a people person and you want, and you like kind of pick up on energy and stuff. And so it's very like, that's so true. I've never, I've never said that, but that is absolutely true. Like you go to the grocery store and no one and not like, even the person who checks you out at the end, I mean, you barely even, they tell you how much it is. And that's really, (laughs) I mean, trust me, looking, I'm not trying to have these like what are what am I cooking tonight conversations with the grocery store person like okay like we're not doing this right now but like a little something every day would be nice exactly yeah and you for me at least I'm like I hope you don't try to talk to me because I can't if you speak Finnish I can't talk back to you and like hopefully you know English you know at least a lot of Finnish people are they're well spoken in English but like in Russia I was (laughs) I had no hope of communicating with anyone. So Um, normally I'm like, yeah, I'm the same sometimes. Like if I'm having a day or something and like someone tries to talk to me, like, and if I can, if I can tell it's like rude, like they're trying to like tell me I'm doing something wrong or like my dogs are doing something or like, I won't even be like, oh, sorry, do you speak English? Like I literally just say like, I don't speak like French, like not to be rude, but it's just like, I'm not in the mood to be like, I, I notice people here are very like by the book, like over in Europe anyways, like they, they like their rule followers. Like they want to like tell you how things need to be done. And like, sometimes I'm like, listen, like I'm my own person. I don't need you to tell me like 
yeah, you worry about you and I'll, I'll do my thing. (laughs) Like, yeah, I don't speak, you know, and then if I'm in in a good mood, which I would say normally I'm like cordial, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, do you speak English? I, I don't speak any French. Like, if I can tell it's a nice interaction, but sometimes I'm just like, dude, exactly. I'm not going to sit here and take this from you. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like a lot of people there speak English or no? Not at all. Like it, it's pretty night and day from Austria. So it's been kind of hard. Like even Charlie was trying to make a grooming appointment today for our dogs. Like we could not, he called multiple places, like could not find one person that would speak English. And he's like, I can't even make an appointment. So that's been really hard. Um, cause we really? feel like we can't do like simple things like yes. we want to do. Yeah. And that goes back to like having those interactions with girls to like, kind of make you feel sane. Cause it's like, sure. You can always hop on the phone with someone from back home, but like in your, like it right in front of you, you still need to have those, those, you know, conversations yeah. with people to be like, okay, there is someone here I can talk to if I'm having a hard time or there is someone here I can laugh with, like, you know, because yeah, yeah, you just, you have to, to like get by really. Or if you had someone who could speak French and make your appointment for you, for your dog, it's like you would save an hour of your life trying to figure out how to do that or who to get in contact with. I mean, just the day-to-day things get very complicated when you're, you can't read or you can't speak the language. It's really hard. so speaking of people from back home what are some misconceptions that whether people in your life or people that have just asked you about the lifestyle that you hear like the most I feel like the biggest misconception just with people I interact with is like they think we're on this big European vacation I don't know about you but like that's like people are like, oh my gosh, like, it must be nice, like, to go to Finland or go wherever and, like, just live, and, and it is nice, like, I'm saying, like, I absolutely know when this chapter of our life is done, I will miss it, and it, there's so many good things to it, but um, I, you almost wish people could see, like, the hardships you go through, all these things we've been talking about, making an appointment, like, reading road signs like knowing like we have the hardest time in Finland knowing where we can park like because nothing is clear you know just something as simple as that um and a lot of the time our husbands are out of town and you're kind of left to figure it out by yourself I think that's a huge misconception um you know everyone thinks that we're everyone's loaded with money and we're just living this big king and queen life over here and it's not there's so much stress and um there's no predictability to your life that's a big thing I don't think people realize because you know you they're like when when's Josh gonna come home you're like I don't know where are you guys gonna go next season I don't know when is he gonna go it's like and it almost like reminds you of the stress you're trying not to think about when people are constantly asking you when's this are you doing this do you know if this it's like I don't know And I know people are just asking because they care and they're interested and they love you and they want to know what's going on in your life. But like when people are constantly asking that, it's like, again, it just keeps bringing it up for you, the uncertainty that's already triggering for you. And you're like, I I just, I don't. Exactly. Yes. And like our Huntsville, Alabama, where we live, they have like an SPHL hockey team. 
Um, and so they're like, why doesn't he just play in Huntsville? Like that would make your life so much easier. And it's like, sure. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Or like we live in Nashville. Like, so when is he going to sign with the Predators? Like, I mean, I get that probably 50 times in offseason. Like, do you think he'll play for the Predators next season? It's like, well, I wish like that would make my life, you know, <laughs> yeah. a thousand times easier, but no, I don't think we'll, you know, it's just hard to explain. And I know like they're coming from a good place, but there's so many different like leagues and like reasons you go different places and the just average person from the outside, they don't see all of that. So I feel like a lot of like leaving the ER, people are like, why are you going to Europe? Like he should let you keep your job here. And it's like, well, that's our only, like, that's our option is like to go to, you know what I mean? It's like, almost like people don't realize that like, this is a, this is our income or if not like the majority of our, like, this is why we're doing it. We're not just over here, like freaking around. Like, it's yeah, like, this is exactly. a job. like, this is yeah. like, not just doing this just like for, to, for a men- boys club. Like, it's like, this right. is a job, but he's getting paid. Like this is our income. And, you know, I feel like people don't register like, oh, that's fun. That's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Job. yeah. And it's like, you know, the, like the stress of like packing up your life and going and living in another country, like, I don't have children, but I can't even imagine adding that into the mix of it. But that's another thing I don't think people comprehend is like the stress. They're like, oh my gosh, I love flying. And it's like, okay, like, well, I love flying too, if I'm flying like to LA for a girl's trip. But like, when you're trying to pack up your entire life and have 86 documents that you need, and like, you know, there's our, our flights never go to plan. I always fly by myself. Something gets messed up, you know, if flight gets canceled or delayed or I miss a connection. And it's like, that is a huge stress that I don't think a lot of people see. And you have to make a lot of decisions with no help around you. Like your husband's already there playing or at practice. You're kind of like, you know, like you always talk about, you have your kids, you're like trying to juggle your dogs, your kids, like you can't even like go to the bathroom when you're traveling. Cause like you have no one to watch your stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just. Yeah. Same Instagram is such a highlight reel. Like I'm, I mean, obviously on the podcast page, I'm like posting the struggles and like the real stuff, but like yeah. on my personal page, I'm not like posting a picture on the couch with like my 15 chins. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I'm like, <laughs> I'm not sitting there like showing you that I'm like crying because I have to like wake up 15 times a night and then get up at seven and take my dogs out before my kids wake up and then spend two days alone with my kids, like feeding them, doing naps, breastfeeding, take my dog. Like, it's like, I'm not showing that side of it on my personal page and like no one is, you know, but, but what we are posting is when we do go on trips or we do see something pretty, or we are like having a great day with the family you know what I mean and so people see that and then they respond like oh my gosh this place looks amazing or this place looks amazing and like of course there are beautiful places here there's there's there are great parts to this lifestyle like whether we can always see it when we're in it but it's like you're seeing the highlight reel you're not seeing the day-to-day and like the hard stuff that comes with it and so when people like at, like assume you know things are one way you know they don't always know like the whole truth exactly yeah the stress and like the conversations that happen behind the scenes and you know you know how it is so oh yeah 
they see you at the Eiffel Tower and you know (laughs) that's like exactly like people like I saw you went to Paris or whatever and that like those are things I probably would never get to do like if I was just living a normal nine to five life in the U.S. so like I'm super I'm definitely blessed to get to experience all of this and everything but yeah the the day-to-day struggles like like I said you feel like you really don't have much of a role in your in Europe except within your family and so that's they don't see you like staying in an apartment for five days when your husband's gone and you know Finland is dark more than it's light out most of the year when we're there so it's just it's a hard time to get out and do very much it's so cold it's dark you can't communicate really you know so yeah I think if I, I wish people could see the other side of our lifestyle and see like the mental toll it kind of takes on you a little bit. And I think people back home would maybe have like, for me, like my old job, like the management, it was bad and everything, but I think they would have, would have had more grace for me, you know, doing what I did, like trying to come home and work for them and everything like that. That was hard for me is like, they didn't see kind of, I was giving up a lot of sacrifice on both ends trying to stay a good employee but also be a good wife and you know be with my husband and do both at the same time and so that's kind of why ultimately I was like it's just not worth the stress and the struggle of like keeping up this job when I didn't feel appreciated and I'm missing out on like being with my husband and you know and like he's, he's our main source of income so it's just like is really just a filler basically and yeah. yeah well thank you for like being so open and honest about this I feel like yeah. this was a very good conversation yeah like we're gonna get into all the Russia stuff in a minute but I just want to thank you for sharing this because I feel like it's very it's just real like we're not sugarcoating it and we don't have to sit here and be like but it's because we know that deep down like we don't always have to to put that toxic positivity spin on it because it is hard you know, like yeah. I think a lot of people do that, but this or, but this, but the experience is great, but this is, you know, but it's like, I think it's good to be able to just have these like honest conversations because people don't always have other people they can talk to about these things. So I think when people are listening to this, they're going to relate and be grateful that we are getting into sure. like more of those struggles of this lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's good for maybe people like just now getting into this lifestyle to kind of hear it because I think a lot of people sugarcoated stuff for me. And so I kind of went in blind to a lot of things. And, you know, me, I like I'm a big planner. So if I had known a lot of the things that I was going to encounter, it would have probably been easier for me. But we kind of just get thrown into it and you're just like are left to figure it out. Like you sink or swim in this lifestyle. Like that's truly you don't have an option. Like you have to figure out how to, to make it work. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So true. Okay. I, so we're going to switch gears here though. I want to hear about Russia. So I don't, did you wind up listening to the episode with Tara? I did. I did. But she was like, you need to talk to Maggie. I was like, well, we've been trying to coordinate a time to record, but like she was traveling and then I was busy and it just like, wasn't working out, but I'm like, I'm talking to her. And now I'm like even more excited because I mean, excited is probably not the right word because I'm sure it was not very enjoyable for you to go through what you went through, but no. it now makes good stories for the podcast. So spill the tea. What happened to you? 
Okay. Well, do you want me to start like from the beginning or you want me to just talk about like me getting out of Russia or what? I've got a lot of tea I can spill. <laughs> you want to share. So I guess, so you were in Finland before you went to Russia, right? And then you guys signed in Russia. Now you're back in Finland. So when you finish yeah. that season in Finland, let's start from there. Okay. So, um, we finished our season in Finland and it had always been on Josh's bucket list. If you're ever offered to play in the KHL, that was like, you know, you have a great salary and it's just like a completely different world almost. And and we knew that going into it. So we were honestly like super excited that, you know, he got offers to go play there and we got married in July. And so they wanted him to immediately leave from our wedding and go, which we had already booked our honeymoon and stuff. So thankfully Josh kind of put his foot down and was like, well, I'm going to go on my honeymoon and then like, then I'll go. So I think, I don't even think he was home a week from getting back from our honeymoon and he went to Russia. And honestly, leading up to all of that, they had kind of like sugarcoated it. Like a lot of, they like to do, they like to do that, you know, <laughs> um, they're like, oh my gosh, like you're going to travel there together. Cause that was my thing. I was really nervous about going there by myself because that's what I had done in the past. But I was like, I really just would feel better going there with you and figuring out together instead like, of like, I'm just a small town, Alabama girl. Yeah. Going to Russia. <laughs> Bless my heart. I don't think I can do this. Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can do this solo. So it was like a week before our wedding. They're like, by the way, like her visa is not ready. So um, she's going to have to come at a later time. You know, the classic, your visa is not ready. That's a big struggle for everybody. But um, I had the wedding going on. So honestly, at that point, I was like, it's fine. Like, whatever. At this point, I will figure out how to get there. So he left very soon after we got married. And um, they actually, we lived in Vladivostok, which is like far east as you can get in Russia. Like we were a rock star away from North Korea. Um, so they took all the players to Moscow for training camp. And that was kind of like their argument is like, you're going to be in a hotel. So there's no point for your wife to be here or whatever, which I understand. So they get through training camp and they told him like the start of the season, your wife will be here. That's when we fly in all the wives. Like they're always here for the home opening game. And this was sometime in September. I don't remember. Um, But September comes, I have no visa. Yeah. So it's almost like they knew this all along. Oh yeah. And Josh is like, I'm going to practice like almost every day or so. And like asking like, what's the update on my wife's visa? Like, is there anything I need to give you? Or is there anything I can do? And they're like, no, like next week, next week, it'll be good. Like, we'll be so close. Like she'll have it. You know, they always give you that time frame. And so like September comes, I don't have a visa. My birthday's in September. So I was like the next thing. Josh is like, well, like you'll be here by your birthday. Like we'll have a great time and everything. My birthday comes, no visa. Halloween comes, no visa. Thanksgiving comes, no visa. Um, this is like in the middle of COVID now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I don't remember when, you know, there was another spike of COVID at some point um, during all last season, right? Yeah. So it was like 2021 into early 2022. And Josh is like, it's just so hard because the language barrier, like they're trying to tell me like what's going on with your visa, but like, it doesn't make any sense. He's like, but also there was 
zero urgency. He was like, I was having to seek people out and like, say like, what is the deal with my wife's visa? Like, I haven't seen my wife in like three or four months at this point. Like we just got married. Like you assured me she would come here with me. And they're like, oh, like we'll get to it. Like, I mean, it's just with COVID and like, I don't remember all the excuses they were, you know, feeding him at the time, but essentially we had to go like through a third party, um, not even related to the team, never got me a visa. I had to go through someone else and get a visa um, and basically pay a lot of money to get my visa to go into Russia. Um, and I didn't go until the middle of December. So I hadn't seen Josh from July until the middle of December, which is really hard when you just get married and like, you want to be together and there's like no, like everything they're telling you is a lie at this point. Like not, they've not come through with their word on anything. And so, um, I finally get to Russia and actually he was flying from Moscow into the city we lived in. And so we were on the same flight. That was another thing. They're like, Oh, like she's going to be on the same flight as you for the last leg. Like, we'll make sure you guys are together. And of course we get there and like, he's in like first class and I'm in like, you know, economy basic in the basically in the bathroom of the plane you know what I mean so just like <laughs> just everything was just going wrong and um you know we get there and he didn't give you a seat in first class Josh I know like well and he gave After all he gave, of that I'd be like trying to move your ass <laughs> yeah so he comes back on the flight and he's like, gives this sweet old lady is sitting beside me. So she got to ride, you know, first class over to this. So it was probably the best day of her life. So he gives up his seat and it's like, not that we cared where we sat, but it's like, come on, something as simple as that, like they could have arranged, you know, and we're on a flight going to this city so far out East, like the planes happen, you know what I mean? Just, yeah you we weren't cared about as an import I know people have had different experiences there but um like he never got gear he's used he used sticks from like when he played in the ECH like in the coast like all of his sticks had broke throughout the season he never got sticks like they're supposed to they told him like don't bring your skates like we're gonna have like brand new mm -hmm. skates fitted to you when you get here we never saw those um gosh just everything they went through like five four or five coaches in that year I mean it's Russia like they it's crazy but they just they honestly do whatever they want and they don't care like they don't have any problem telling you like we're not doing that for you anymore like you know it was just a, a very wild experience and it I don't know Russia to me was everything you would picture Russia to be that's what everybody's like what was it like and I'm like exactly how I pictured it cold dull like there's no color like so you won't be going back <laughs> no I will not we will not be going back um uh yes and Josh had great he did love his teammates and stuff like that but as far as the management and like how they took care of us he was sick a few times and that was sketchy like they tried to tell us that he needed to go to the hospital and have his appendix taken out and he just had like an upset stomach like crazy crazy things the Sputnik vaccine I know Tara talked about that they like insisted we had to go get the Sputnik and I'm the nurse in me I'm like we are absolutely not you know just <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting the Sputnik vaccine there is no telling what's in it um 
And that was the only season, honestly, as far as like the girls go, it was very secluded. I was the only, I think I, there was one other import and she was from Czech, but she had a baby and she traveled back and home, back home and stuff a lot. And so she wouldn't come to the game. She had a, you know, a young baby that, you know, like she didn't want to drag the baby to the game and try to keep it up or have it sleep through the game and all that. So that was hard for me in the aspect. No one really talked to me. I would go to the games and sit in the suites filled with Russian girls and just really no one to talk to and stuff like that. But um, we went, had a Christmas party and um, was basically at like a gentleman's club and it was a family I mean, event it was they like told strippers? Us, um well there the sh- strippers there but there's like a huge stage and like these just round bo- I mean it's just so sketchy brown booze and just sketchy club that would for sure just look like you would be going there to not do anything good and they pay this host <laughs> to come and host this Christmas party and they had told us like to bring your your kids and like it's a family event and like the girl from check she like brought her baby and stuff and I remember we were like where are we and like what is going on and of course we don't understand anything they're saying to us but during the Christmas party they bring out this gun which turned out to not be a real gun but they're playing Russian roulette at the family Christmas party at this club (laughs) and like and so I obviously pull my very scared like I would be like very unsettled oh and I'm like texting my mom like if you don't hear from me this is where I am and this is what's going on and so I I had pulled out my phone to video it because I'm like I will honest to god never experience this again probably in my life and like the like the people with the team are telling me to put my phone away that it can't that, that none of this can be recorded what's happening and so they're it's a fake gun but they're handing it around to all whoever wants to try and they're spinning it and holding it up to their head and if it goes off then you win these huge bags of money it's like a huge I mean like thousands and thousands of dollars like basically if the gun kills you then you win all this money but it's not (laughs) a real gun it's not a real gun but like when they brought it out Josh is like do not raise your hand and get him but like (laughs) Like, I mean, that's scary. I can't. I mean, with children around too. Like, I don't think I'd really want, even though my son is too, like, I'm like, I don't think I'd want him to be like seeing that. Yeah. And like, and it's just normal. Like they're all just having a great time. And we're like, what, what are we watching? I mean, like you said, like, it's just, they said to bring your family. Josh, like they kept emphasizing, like, bring your family, bring your wives and everything. And like all this sketchy stuff is going on. And like, then they take us to this restaurant and like, they had like probably seven mascots of just random animals come for the children. And just like, they brought out a pig that was alive. And then they took it back in the kitchen and cooked it and brought it back out. And everyone's just cheering and like, just the most bizarre experience of my life but you know vodka is a big thing like you get everyone gets like these shot glasses and they're just pouring vodka and people are just like drinking it like water and so I mean everyone's having a great time but me and Josh like we don't understand any of these they have full-blown hosts hosting these game shows and stuff for all these parties and we're like we just don't understand anything that's going on and so 
once they brought out the Russian roulette, I'm like, I just feel like I'm out. I'm out at this point, you know? Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I want to go home. And the checker, like, left with her child. She's like, I just don't feel good being here. But it's so, like, it was so normal to everyone. And, like, we were the old, we were the odd people to think that that was strange to, to just pull out this real-looking gun and hold it up to each of our heads and see if it goes off. And, like, when it would go off, they'd play, like, this ricocheting, like, explosion sound through the whole club. Oh, no. See, I have, like... That like just scare like that just scares me like in general like especially yeah. like in Russia like you don't know like like you said you can't understand what's going on and like I have this like phobia of like guns in public like of yeah. people, like shooter like shootings like that's like such yeah. a phobia of mine of like yeah. every, every time I go somewhere I'm like like looking to see what kind of sketchy person could be potentially pull one on me you know yeah. and so like oh my gosh, I can't even fathom being in that environment. Like, I think I would be having like an internal panic attack big time. Yeah. And I'm like videoing it. Cause I'm like, it seems like everyone's like having fun and like, this is lighthearted to them. But then like the coaches and like the management of this team are like coming and whispering, like, you need to put your phone away. Like this doesn't like, and they're like, delete anything that you videoed about this going on. So, I mean, oh my God. Like- so Okay, so then you tried to leave, and what happened with that? I left before the war had started. Um, but Josh came home from practice, and I don't know exactly how long, but I remember back home, there was, like, this talk that there might be this war breaking out with Russia, because I had a lot of my friends and stuff, like, you guys need to come home, and that was another thing, is, like, we we can't just, like, up and leave at this point. Like, I could, but I was, like, I'm scared to travel by myself and so at that point I was thinking like I would rather just be with my husband and us go together because I didn't know what I was going to face you know trying to go One of us goes down we're both going down <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and um but Josh came home from practice one day and was like um yeah at this point even the people here are like there's going to be a war so we need to you need to leave like they had told him like you should probably have your wife leave um, and I was just had like a tourist visa. And so they had told him she might have a hard time getting out and like, or not, maybe not getting out, but being questioned because I don't really have a job here. They're going to really question like, why have you been in Russia? And like, why, you know, so I think that same day we were booking flights and packing up my stuff, um, to try to leave. So the first flight I tried to get out on was the next day and I was going to fly, um, through South Korea. And that's what they had also told him. They're like, try not to let her connect in any big city in Russia, like Moscow or anything like that. Like, try to find her a flight that's going to get her directly out of the country. And then she'll be good, like, as far as getting home. So the first flight we go in and um, we're checking in for my flight and they get to me and, like, they pull me over to the side. And, like, people are kind of, like, in panic when we're at the airport. Like, people are, like, leaving. Like, a lot of wives and children are leaving at this point and, like, crying and hugging their spouse and everything. So I'm already, like, on edge because it's, like, kind of hitting that it's real and, like, that something is for sure going on because all these other people are trying to leave. But when I get up to the desk to check out, they just told they're like, no. And there's the language barrier. So Josh is like, what do you mean no? And so they're like, pointing to my American passport and they're like no flight no flight but you're not getting I don't understand why they wouldn't let you leave like why I don't know and that's like that was like 
Josh is like, you know, yelling at, he's like, why the F can she not get on the flight? And they're like, they're saying something about my visa, but they're also saying in American, like, no Americans, no flights for Americans, no flights to South Korea for Americans, like all this stuff. And so Josh is like, I want to talk to somebody because she's getting on this flight. Like we have a ticket, we had to submit all this paperwork and everything got approved. And they literally just took, and at this point, everyone else has checked in for the flight. Like we're the only ones left standing there. We're in this tiny city. So it's a teeny tiny airport. And so they literally take my passport, throw it on the ground and just walk off. Like they just leave. They just leave the whole booth completely. There's like no one around. So we're going to like different desks of like rental cars and stuff, like trying to have anybody help us like figure out why I can't leave. And Josh is like the most mellow, grounded, no anxiety person ever. Like I've really never seen him flustered over anything. But at that point, I could see in his face that he was like trying to figure out what was going on and like how he was going to get me out. And I remember we were sitting in the airport trying to find me flights and there was nothing like everything was booked or there were no flights to leave. Like I could fly to St. Petersburg or I could fly to Moscow, but there was nothing left for me to fly out of the country. Oh, especially uh, at this point, you're probably like scared to do that anyways. Yes. And I'm like, oh my. And like, at this point, we still don't know why they wouldn't let me on that flight. Like we never could talk. We even called like Aeroflot, the airline and like tried to speak with somebody with English. And they're like, they basically said that the people at the airport have the authority to tell you that you can't get on a flight. That's what they kept telling us. Like if they told you at the airport that you couldn't get on, then they have the authority to do that. So um, we would go back to the rink and Josh is trying to have people help us there, like figure out what I need to do. And we really didn't get much help there. Like, I guess just like wait until you can find a flight and try to book one and like, you know, get her out or whatever. So my brother's in the military, so I'm calling him and he's trying to call people in there. He's like, he didn't tell me at the time, but he's like, if you'd gone on the embassy website and everything, it was saying like, it was a level red, like at that point, the U S embassies and stuff were being shut down. So there was essentially no one in the country to help you get out. And um, I'm trying to think the next day I booked another flight to get out. And that flight, we wake up and like our money's been refunded or something. I, I never even made it at that point to the airport to get that flight. I didn't ever get on that one. So then the team was like, I guess at this point, if you can find anything, even through Moscow, try to just to get her out. And at that day, they had canceled the season because of COVID. Like they had put it on pause and they said the only the teams that had made it to playoffs at that point were going to continue forward. So they had told Josh, like, just get her out and you're going to follow her like in just a few days, like because we hadn't made playoffs, we were like in last place or something. So they're like, you'll be right behind her. And that's what they kept telling me. Cause at that point I didn't want to go by myself. I was like, I don't want to go to Moscow and like to get detained right. or something, you know, like, yeah. And, um, Josh was just like, you know, you have to get it. Like, I'm just worried. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to get out at this point. So if we can find a way out for you, then you need to get out. And, um, so the last, the third flight I booked was from mm -hmm. my city to Moscow, which was a 12 hour flight. And then, moscow to detroit which was 11 and a half hour flight oh uh, my god that literally sounds like torture yes and i had like a seven hour layover in moscow or something crazy it was like 30 something hours of flying um and 
honestly, the only difference is I show up for my third flight. And the only thing we can think of is that there were men working that day at the counter versus the other two times there were women. And the Russian girls have told me that like Russian men love American women and vice versa, but they like Russian women and American women don't get mixed well. So I'm like, I don't know, honestly, if that had anything to do with it, but I go to the airport and like, they let me on. And like, I honestly, once I got on that flight, I had no issues. Like the people in Moscow were really nice to me and everything, but I was completely convinced I was going to get to Moscow and not get through. Like they had told Josh, like, keep your phone, like give your phone to somebody. He had like a game or practice or something. And they're like almost halfway expecting for something to happen. Once I got to Moscow that I was going to be questioned or held there or, you know, something, but I, I really had no issue. Um, but then the big thing is that they had essentially lied to Josh and said, you're going to get out too. And as soon as I made it home, they like called him to the rink and were like, you're actually not going to leave. So you're stuck. And if you leave, you're not going to get any of your money is what they told him. So our season was done. Like we weren't going to play any more games. And I left in February and he didn't come home until like the end of March. They kept him for like six more weeks. And so the war had broken out. He said like he had to go to the bank to try to get money out. And he said, people are like lined out the door, like pushing and shoving each other, trying to get to the bank to get their money out because the rubles crashing. Um, his internet was cut off. They cut off all social media. So like he had no way to connect with anybody except using like a VPN to like bypass everything to try to talk to us. All of his credit cards were shut down. Um, and he's, yeah. And he's like, I went to practice every day, like begging them, like, please let me go home. Like I like there's a war and like they're and they're shutting down flights. Like they shut down everything except out of like Turkey and Dubai, I think at that point. Um, and then he still had his Finnish visa. So they kept telling him like, well, you can just take the flight to St. Petersburg and take a train from there into Finland and then fly out of Finland. Like, so you'll be fine. That's they're like, they kept saying, it's just going to be a two week war. You're going to be fine. Like everything's going to blow over. Obviously that didn't happen. And so the last day is when the country of Russia announced that they're shutting down all international travel out of the country because of the sanctions and everything everybody was putting on them. They like call them into the office at like 2 PM. And they're like, by the way, they're shutting down like all international travel until further notice. So you have until today to get out. So, um, go get your stuff and go find a flight. They never helped him find a flight. Like he went back to a hotel that they put him in, like his apartment rent was up. They put him in a hotel that he was paying for. And like me and his family and my family were like trying to find flights. I think he spent like $15,000 just on flights alone to get out. Yeah. I'm speechless. <laughs> Yeah, so, and I mean, literally the definition of hell, like you guys are just like normal people, like going somewhere for a job, like you guys are one of us, like it's, you're, you're a hockey couple in the hockey community and like having to go through this, like I cannot even wrap my head around this happening. Like I would be so unwell if this happened to me, like I can, I didn't even know you went through this. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this. Like, <laughs> 
making sure you're okay mentally. Cause like, that is scary. That's stressful. Like, I remember we were talking about how you were like scared of him getting out and like, but I didn't know like the extent of like, yeah. And it's, that's yeah. Awful. And like his dad was, you know, a huge help for me mentally. Like we would call each other every day and like talk about it. And he eventually like sat me down and was like, you need to be prepared. Like you're not going to see your husband for like, if he doesn't get out, he's going to have to wait till they open like flights and travel back up and everything. And at that point I was like telling Josh, like, just forget about the money, like leave our money. Like, but we were just in a tough spot. Like we just bought a house. Um, my job that I left in the ER, I was telling you about the tough, like they were going to give up my job if I couldn't get back into the U S quick enough, even though like I was coming back even sooner than I told him. So like I had all that stress going on and then, Josh is stuck there and like half the time I can't even communicate with them because like everything shut down he said that he would go to the grocery store and they had like military out in any big mall or whatever and they could just randomly grab you and go through your phone and if you're posting anything against what was going on that they could just arrest you and and that's all they needed and so that that's the big thing is people are like, well, why didn't they let you leave? And it's like, it's Russia. Like they, they truly, they just, it's totally different. They can do what they want and they, and they don't care. And that's basically, we found that out the hard way and people had told us that, you know, but yeah, it was, it was a hard time and we're still stuck there. So we, oh. it's just, I'm so sorry that happened. That's no yeah. one should have to go through that ever. I just can't, it just doesn't even feel real that you had to go through all of that. Like, I know I feel like I fly that's why I told you I'm like I'm trying to get everything together because it was such a whirlwind I feel like I just have <laughs> blacked a lot of it out because yeah it was so about it. yeah oh my gosh well I'm glad you made it back safely thank you you're here to share with me on this conversation yes <laughs> like laugh about it a little bit but I, I'm sure at the time it was like torturous so yeah yeah uh, well, thanks for coming on the pod. It was so Absolutely. chatting with you and seeing your face. Uh, <laughs> yes. Someone wants to follow you on Instagram. Where can they find you? Um, my Instagram is maggie.kessner. So pretty easy to find me. And-